This is Lindsay and Emily reporting live from the pit in Virginia Beach. The people are here and they're excited. Local temperature, hotter than Dave Matthews. And, and this, this is, is the pod that Jane likes. This is a DMB Society podcast. I got a sister named Jane. And this is the pod that Jane likes. And now, here are your hosts, Jeanette, Trisha, Matt, and Sean. Hi, hello. Welcome back to the pod that Jane likes. I'm Sean, and we're really excited that you're joining us for another episode. If you're new around here, welcome to you as well. We're glad to have you. If you're interested in getting to know who we are, do yourself a favor and check out our intro episode. It's a really easy 20-minute listen where we tell you a little bit about who we are. With that said, let's jump on into it. Joining me, as always, is Jeanette. Hi, everybody. Glad to be back. Trisha. Hi. And Matt. Happy tour break. (laughs) (laughs) Happy tour break. Yeah, happy. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. It's a nice time to reflect, you know, it's uh, okay. That's fair. It is. Maybe maybe that's the theme of this episode. We're going to, we're going to reflect on a lot of things, a a number of different things. So before we go any further, we wanted to take a look back at the week that was for the Dave Matthews band who performed three times in the past week, first in Bethel, New York, and then in Raleigh, North Carolina. And then finally this past Saturday in Virginia beach, three shows 61 total song performances, and a number of memorable moments, including the third time that Pig has opened a show this year. So three Pig performances this year, they've all been in that same opener slot. In addition to Pig, Joe Lawler came out and guested in two different times. Joe first joined the band on Friday night in Raleigh, and it was Joe joining the band for Rhyme and Reason. Following night, Saturday night, Joe was back up on stage during Lie in Our Graves, so back-to-back nights with a Joe Lawler guesting. And then finally, uh, we also saw the 200th time the two-step has closed the show. Uh, that took place on Saturday in Virginia Beach, so the 200th time that we've seen that happen. There was a lot happening over the course of these three shows, but what I want to ask of all of you is what from these three nights stands out? Well, Raleigh, Friday Night Concert Series. Mm-hmm. Jeff was so good. Yeah, there's something about listening with your headphones on on Friday night, listening mm-hmm. to soundboard mm-hmm. um, quality. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so good. Yeah, no tour debuts or anything, but still great show. I mean, I mean, good build. And then you know they got that encore. They got our spack encore. So yep. you know it was like one of those like, are they going to do it? Are they going to do the same thing? I don't know. But you know that rhyme and reason with Joe was insane. Yes. Yeah, Rhyme and Reason is a song. I I know they always busted out with Joe. You know, it's a song that I I always wish was more in the rotation. I don't know why it's not. You know, it's one of those those real rarities. I almost liken it to the drive in, drive out of Under the Table. It's like, you know, it's it's sort of always there, Mm -hmm. but like you really have to kind of catch it. Oh, that's Um, a really good, yeah, comparison. You know, and and I think that both songs are really a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and even um Bethel, like you said church that pig opener i got some feedback from some people that were there it was a hot one actually i think all three all three of them were hot yeah it is the hot. heat wave so that 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 was a i think 
the feedback was that it, it was a little slow. I think, I honestly think everybody was just tired and hot and didn't, couldn't really move, you know? So I think that that, but it, it's, it looks like on paper, it looks like it picked up. It looks like it got, it, it picked up as, as it went on. You know? And they played a new cover called uh, Sledgehammer. Uh, one of the nights, I think. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Sorry. Uh-huh. Our friend Ruth, who is the DMB fairy on Instagram, she did a, she did a lot. Of, she probably did 12 shows to this yeah. tour. She said Bethel was her favorite. She posted wow. a list and chose Bethel. But so that was interesting to me. I don't know that why. That is interesting. But- I had a good friend go see Fish there. It was uh, her first time this week seeing or going to Bethel. And she said it was amazing. Just yeah, people love it. Bethel. Great venue. Great it is venue. a very special venue. It really is. There's something about knowing that right. Woodstock was there, you know, and like right. you can you can look at the grounds where it was and there's the museum and there's just like that. You just can feel it that it's like, you know, history, music history was made here. So there's just something special about being there. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's just a really, really cool venue. And I highly recommend it if you haven't been. So if you've listened to previous episodes, you probably know that we've been hitting the road pretty hard. But last week, we took a little bit of a step back. We couch toured it and we followed along on DMB radio as the band performed in Bethel and Raleigh and Virginia Beach. And it gave us a chance to not only catch up on some much needed sleep, but also (laughs) to reflect on the first 33 shows of the tour, which leads us into our first segment which we like to call the opener. So with this first segment this week, we'd like to reflect on the tour thus far. As we record, the band is entering what will be about a month long break. And we decided that the timing was perfect to step back collectively, kind of examine our thoughts and look at our favorite moments from the first 33 shows of the tour. So with that in mind, Matt, do you want to lead us off with what your favorite moments from the 2022 tour thus far have been. Sure. Yeah. You know, I think that this tour has been really fun and exciting. I, uh, I often get overly critical of the band when things are a little bit too repetitive and I think they've done a great job of mixing it up in general. I've been very happy with all the shows that I've gone to. I think we've seen some great songs come out of the woodwork in terms of favorite moment period. I think it's sort of a, collection of one particular song and i hope i'm not stealing anybody else's thunder here when i say (laughs) lie in our graves has been a highlight for me um used to be such a rarity for me to catch you know it used to be 41 and lie in our graves i didn't see in the same show together until i think it was radio city and i didn't even count it because it was dave and tim and now it seems to happen to me all the time which you know i feel you know fairly lucky about but so i think I, i actually saw it at all the stops that i went to which was jacksonville spack and guilford And specifically in Jacksonville, night two with Derek Trucks was just something special. We all knew we were in for something really awesome. The, you know, the building was buzzing about Susan Tedeschi and Derek Trucks being in the house. And I remember thinking, you know, Derek Trucks slide guitar, you know, maybe we're going to get like ants or Grace is gone or, you know, something like that. Um, Although I think they played Grace is gone the night before. But anyways, something like ants or, or something like that. 
And when they, you know, when Dave played the first couple of chords of Liner Graves, I, you know, I knew we were going to be in for something special. And that was for me, you know, such a, such an amazing moment. And yeah. yeah, and I levitated off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> he was, was so good. It, it was, was awesome. so it was another planet. It was so good. It, w- it was awesome. There's a lot of people that will tell you that Derek Trucks is the best living guitar player in the world. Um, you know, it's a it's a personal preference thing. And, you know, different guys have different sounds, but it was fantastic. There's really good quality videos of it on YouTube. So if you well, don't know what you're talking about, I would definitely recommend checking it out because yeah, it's a great pick. It was a really, really great performance. Yeah, Copperpot, I think, has put together uh, one of his amazing videos of, you know, where he edits fan video and pulls the taper audio, and it was just great. And the other spectacular thing about it was that was my big trip to go see the band this year. You know, usually I, I pick one one or two trips to go see the band, and Trisha and I randomly picked Jacksonville to meet in for, uh, what was it, Monday, Tuesday, I think, right? Yeah, it, Monday, it was Tuesday very or something. Random. It was Totally, yeah. totally weird and random. And my expectations for the shows were, you know, we're, I was like, all right, two night run. We're not going to get repeats. Maybe there'll be one or two gems in there. The shows were cool, but just getting that moment on a, you know, I think it was a Tuesday night was really <laughs> awesome in a 5,000 seat venue, uh, you know, it was the whole really, thing was cool. really special. Yeah, it was very cool. I think for, for anybody that wants to take a super deep dive into that performance and, and maybe somebody that's more musically inclined. And I don't know if anybody, if you guys have seen it, but there's a really, really interesting video on YouTube that has a lot of views at this point, but it's a music instructor, a music coach, a guitar teacher breaking down basically how unbelievable the performance is. Wow. Wow. Really? Uh, Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. There's, there's a lot happening. He'll play, he'll play it for a while. He'll pause it. He'll break it down. Sometimes he's just at a loss for words, but it's worth checking out. It's very cool. So yeah, that's a fantastic pick. Great pick, Matt. Trisha, what was your moment of the tour thus far? Well, I've been to 12 shows. It's a lot. You know, it's I did Texas, did Austin, Tampa, Jacksonville. Spack, Guilford, Camden. <laughs> C-Mac, but who's counting? <laughs> but like, count? yeah. I'm just saying there was a lot of moments. So it was hard to pick a set list that, or like a set. Cause it's not just the set. It's like the experience, the moat, like what, it, what was the highlight? It was a lot to think of. Cause I went to a lot of great shows. Jacksonville. We just talked about, I thought nothing would be Jacksonville. Hartford was great though. Mm-hmm. And SPAC night two and Camden night two. Like, I think there's a couple, I can't pick a moment, but I can pick a song, walk around the moon. <laughs> Every time I think they've perfected it and I think it's excellent. It's a really good new song and we're getting it a lot because it's new. Yeah. And so it is, it's a, it's a staple, you know, you're going to get it at this point, right. On this tour, but I, I'm not sick of it. I'm, it's not old yet. Like I, I think it's a great tune. I really old. do. I'm going to ask a spinoff question about walk around the moon. So you've heard it a number of times at a number of shows, but then 
also got an acoustic performance of it at CMAC. Do you have a preference? <sighs> is there one that you like more than the other? Okay, question. this is a complicated answer. <laughs> I think I like a full band because I really think Jeff on the flute is special. Mm. Yes. That yes. However. Yeah. Yep, good answer. The acoustic version in Mexico last year. <laughs> oh my God, it was the best. It was, it was so good. It wasn't as great at CMAC, but it was real good in Mexico. No, it was great in CMAC. It was, but it wasn't like Mexico. Mexico. It just was so good. So I don't know. That's my answer. Jeff, probably. I think Walk Around the Moon is great and is, you know, it's such a throwback for me to like the older sound with Jeff. Mm. You know, like I might have said this before. I've definitely talked to you guys about this. When I first heard the new round of songs with the current configuration of the band, you always expect that the solo at the end is going to go to Rashawn or Tim in mm. like a, or Buddy even in like a you know, sort of a loud in your face style. That's just the way that the band has gone, especially with a lot of their new music. Mm-hmm. And when they first played that song and I heard it for the first time and it meandered back into Jeff on the flute, I was really excited because that just it hasn't been the case, you know, with the, with those kinds of songs. So I love it. Great pick. Great pick. That's my moment. Walk yeah. So two good picks. And that leaves us now with a person that has seen more DMB shows than all of us, Jeanette. <laughs> What is uh, your pick of the 2022 tour thus far? Well, for me, I wasn't at the first show of the tour, but when they brought back Shotgun, Mm. Break For It, Mm. and Break Free, I lost my mind. Right. Like that is, that's some of the stuff that this is why I still go. That's the stuff that I want to see. I want to, like, I never thought we would break for it, would see the light of day. And it was just so good. It really was. And and I wish I was at that first show. I was not. Trisha was there. But I have seen all three of those, you know, at at the shows I did go to. And I mean, and I got that shotgun opener, which is something Uh, that has never happened before. So, you know, um, I just I really may never happen again. Right. I really think the return of those songs are just that's that really excites me because maybe one day they'll they'll whip out crazy easy again. You know, I mean. There's so many possibilities because you think now I they're they're so predictable. They're totally never going to do that. And then they do something like that. So then it makes me think like, maybe it is a possibility. Maybe some of these other songs will come back, you know? Yeah. But yeah, we've been out some stuff like that really it set the tour, set the tone for me of, of this tour. And it has been an incredible tour so far. I think right around back, I would say maybe a little bit before is when they really hit their stride and they started to sound amazing. Not that they didn't sound amazing before right. that, but I really think that's when they were like so tight and so on fire. And, you know, and then what did they have like another two, three weeks until they went on break, which is typically what happens, but probably well, you know, well needed break. I'm sure Dave needs to rest his voice, but, but yeah, so far this tour has been on fire. Yeah. Good choices. I didn't get break for it in a while. Guilford Night 2. Oh, I remember. Okay. That wasn't that long ago. You're probably rushing back from the pit or something. Get out. I, <laughs> I probably was. I was in the lawn. For on the lawn, not paying attention. <laughs> Sean, how about you? What's your pick? Yeah, so some of the ones that were mentioned are standouts without question. The shotgun opener will be one that I never forget. Who knows if there'll ever be an instance where Shotgun opens a show again, and the odds of me being at that show are even more slim. So that one definitely stands out. There's been individual performances that really stand out. The one that I 
recently just keep going back to is Raven the second night in Camden. Mm. Um, also another performance that I probably won't ever forget. It was just really spot on. It was, it was great. It I, I love the way that Raven sounds in 2022. All of that to say, I think if I have to pick one moment, it's that entire encore, the second night of SPAC. It just was, it was kind of the perfect ending to a show that finished really strong. It was exactly what an encore of the second night of a venue like SPAC should be. Right. The performances were really, really tight. Pay for what you get was great. The too much fake if you bought it. I know only maybe a quarter of the podcast bought it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that part was cool. And then it was a good Halloween. Yeah. It was. It really was. Everything kind of came together. Um, It doesn't hurt that the pod was there. It was the first show that we were all at together. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we'll Um, ever forget that. No, that was awesome. So there's a number of reasons why that that's my moment of the tour so far. And we should mention, too, that um, Raleigh got the same encore this past weekend. They did. So interesting to see if that becomes a regular sort of special encore that, you know, might pop up, you know, a couple more times later on the tour. Who knows? Yeah, it'll always be ours. Yeah, the rest of the pod did not like that <laughs> repeated encore. Well, yeah, we kind of wanted it to be be ours, <laughs> yeah. but it's okay. We'll share the wealth. They should share the wealth. They were hot <laughs> in Raleigh. I think there's something to be said for when you experienced it for the first time. Yeah, you had no idea where that encore was going. You didn't know if it was going to be your super traditional Dave coming out and playing a song solo in the, in the first slot. And, you know, maybe there would be something big that followed that. I, I can't imagine that there was any person in the venue that had any clue that pay for what you get was coming, but the encore, it was, it was more than just a really good looking encore on paper. It was just a really well-performed encore. Yeah, it really was. So with that, let's take a dive into our second segment uh, for this segment. We select a new topic each week. We chat amongst ourselves here on the pod. And then we take that conversation and we open it up online. We would like uh, people to continue to share their thoughts and give us feedback and, and share some personal stories. We, we really enjoy interacting with people through this segment. And, uh, and we hope that that'll continue. So in this week's episode, we're going to talk about uh, something that a lot of people have a lot of opinions on. We're going to talk about what makes a set list great. So in this week's jam segment, we're going to be talking about set lists. An awful lot of people obsess over set lists, regardless of if it's a show that they were at or a show that they followed online, or maybe even a show that they're just now discovering from way back when. Many people have very strong opinions on DMB set lists and how they should be constructed and what makes a really good set list. So this week, we wanted to go around our pod the Jane likes table and kind of share our thoughts as to what we think makes a really good DMB set list. 
So let's do just that. Jeanette, why don't you lead us off and kind of give us your thoughts on what makes a great set list? Well, great. I'd love to start because I actually think the opener of a set list is going to set the tone, right? So like, I want to hear something hard hitting, maybe a surprise, like for example, like a Camden, like getting a fool to think night one and then fool in the rain night two, things like that surprises because that just sets the tone for me for the whole entire show. Right. I also like something that's thought about, like, for example, SPAC with it being the 41st show that the full band has played at that venue. And they're going to open the show with 41. Right. I think that when it's thought about like that, when it's strategic and it's, and it's thoughtful, I really, for me that I love that. I love, I love those kinds of like little um, gifts, those little teases and stuff that we get from the band and, and Dave, when he's writing a set list, I think like he, he does think about stuff like that. And um, I always appreciate that. So for me, I think that's the most important part of writing a set list is I want a hard hitting opener. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be a surprise. It just has to be something that's going to set the tone for the rest of the night, you know? Yeah. And I think there's something to be said for being at a show and the band going into an opener that little to nobody is expecting. Exactly. Um, There's that excitement that there's already the excitement for the show that's about to begin. But kind of to your point, Jeanette, when you can add something in there that people didn't see coming, it really does kind of change the whole vibe for the rest of the night. Right. Like shotgun, right? Like, I mean, yeah. that yep. like going back to that, right? Like that was so unexpected and it did set the tone. Is it like, you know, it's a monster of a song, but is it something that they normally would open with? No, but it still was like, wow. Okay. This is, this is kind of what I want to see, you know? Yeah, absolutely. All of that said, Matt, where, where do you, uh, where do your thoughts fall on what makes a great set list? Well, it was a topic that is, I think is, is everything as a lover and a follower of this band, because you talk to somebody and, you know, they find out that you are going to, you know, five or six DMB shows in, you know, any given summer. So why are you going? Like, it's just going to be the same show, you know, every time you go. And it really isn't because every night is different. And, you know, a set list, you know, for that reason, for me, I think that I think there's a couple of things that go into it. I really think that it has to build. I think a set really has to build. And I think when Dave is on with his set list writing, I think that a lot of it, especially, you know, in the in the big venues, you know, he, he's building the set up and, you know, bringing it to a crescendo and then, you know, taking it down for a landing. And uh, I really think that that is that he he does think about that. Uh, I think there's certainly songs that he wants to have regularly in the rotation. I mean, that is very obvious when you're, you know, when you step back and look at a whole tour, you know, what songs were in the rotation, what songs are anchoring the tour, if you will. But, you know, I do think a set has to build and it's going to be built around those things. But also, I think a great set is built around those special moments and also those unique things that, you know, is what I'm always searching for when I go to a show you know, whether it's a Derek Trucks performance, like we talked about before, like a guest or whether it's a, you know, a really exciting tour debut or a liberation, you know, all those things for me, I want to be able to remember the show. I want to say, oh yeah, you know, X venue night to, you know, 2012 was amazing because this, this, and this happened because it, it didn't happen very often, you know, that year. And that's, you know, that's really important to me. But, but I think the, the biggest thing 
And uh, this is probably, again, why I keep going to see the band. There have probably been 10 to 15, maybe even only 10 to 12 times that I've seen the band where they have played a set and I have said, holy cow, they could play anything next, like anything. Mm -hmm. And I always go back to the time that my mind was completely blown with this was in 2011, I was at I was in Atlantic City and Atlantic City Night 3, which they ended up releasing, thank God, <laughs> was yeah. just so, so totally bonkers and off the wall that it was just you could tell it was, you know, a, a, a set list that was put together for, you know, for the fans, for the diehards, but also, you know, also had great stuff for, you know, for the casual fan. But it was just like raven out of nowhere kill the king out of nowhere mm -hmm. first time ever played of sweet emotion it was just like the middle of the set i was like i don't even know what's coming like there there's no way that i could possibly i'm gonna look on stage and i'm gonna say all right dave's got this guitar you know and and they're winding things down so like maybe it's gonna be this but that set to me was was crazy and as i've said that's happened maybe 10 or 12 times that i've you know seeing the band which is a very small percentage of the shows that i've seen so when that happens and like i am locked in and they're locked in that is like for me what makes an amazing set mm -hmm. is when you just have no idea what's coming because i don't want you know you predictability is great sometimes but i want it to be like you know right. what's like keep going what's next like hit me mm -hmm. you know <laughs> yeah i can't believe that, you were only surprised to 12 times out of 113 <laughs> shows like well, i don't well, it's, it's, it's not necessarily a surprise. It's just like, okay. I have absolutely no idea. Like a lot of times, like that's why people can actually score on like the set list game. Yeah. You know, right. predi predicting right. you guys, shows like, you know right. what, you know, what has been in the rotation, you know what they've been I'm playing, fascinated by know. that, that you can predict. Um, but. And, uh, and, and so the times that that is completely off the table for me, that's, that's what it's cool. all about. And Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they come out for a second encore that night too? That Atlantic City Night Three. I believe they might have. I think it was a um, there was a Halloween ants, and then I think there was a thank you at the end, which may have been kind of like a second encore. Like maybe they left and came back. Yeah, yeah. I feel I was definitely there for that, and you're absolutely right. I feel like even that whole weekend was really, I mean, the surprises just kept coming. Yeah, and that's a great point. Surprises like that do make you remember that list, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. And I'm, I'm so, I'm so grateful that a few of those moments for me have been captured, you know, on live tracks or, you know, like they released that Atlantic city show. So um, that that's always a, a plus when you can really go back and um, you know, and, and really relive. I mean, we're lucky now in the age we live in with the uh, DMB hub app for Mance, you know, pretty much any show that you've seen this year, you can go listen to, you know, with a, with a great taper pull, but you know, there's nothing like a soundboard if you can get it. So Sean, what are your thoughts? So my thoughts are kind of pulled from both Jeanette's and Matt's to some extent. I think for me, I, I don't want to know what's, what's coming next. I, and I don't think that's as simple as new songs being busted out or songs being liberated that haven't been played in, in a long time. Those things are all great hearing new songs are great. Atlantic City is a really good example. Kill the King that night came out of nowhere and, and was actually a really, really solid performance on top of it. But those things at the same time can really only happen so often. You know, there's a there's a finite amount of times that that those types of things can happen. So for me, 
I think more than anything, I, I just don't want to be able to kind of guess and predict and, and know what's coming next. And kind of to Jeanette's point, I do think that the opener has a lot to do with that. I think when the band comes out and they kind of out of left field, pull a song out to open a show that nobody could, could really predict was coming. I think it really does set the table. And mm-hmm. I think that it's kind of a snowball effect where once that happens early in the show, if it happens again in the middle of the show, then all of a sudden you're at the point where you don't have any idea what's coming moving forward. So things like we, we talked about uh, pig opening shows, you know, a little bit earlier in the episode, it's, it's just a table setter that it's, it's a difficult thing to predict. It doesn't happen very often. I like when songs are in non-traditional spots in the set list. And the more that you follow the band and the more that you uh, follow set lists, a lot of songs just kind of find like these little places in the set list where nine times out of 10, that's where they appear. However, when a show opens with two-step versus closing with two-step, I mean, there's a, there's a real vibe in the building then mm. that, you know, it, it's hard to, to kind of replicate that in any other, in any other instance. So for me, certainly that the, you know, the, the set list as a whole, what the band is selecting to play, all of that matters. But in terms of me having maximum enjoyment at the show, I just don't want to have any idea what's coming next. I think when you attend a few shows, you do have this, this list of things that are in rotation. And maybe if they weren't played the night before or two nights before, that's kind of always in the back of your head. Like maybe that's next, maybe that's next, but every once in a while, and sometimes this is just in little pockets over the course of the show. And then sometimes you, you have these super special shows where the entire night feels that way. Um, I think to to Matt's point, I've probably only had a few of those happen, but when they do, they don't leave you. You know, right. they're they're yeah. with you. They're your favorite. They're, they don't shows, go anywhere. Right? Yeah, they're, yeah. They're yeah. Everything else kind of gets measured up to, you know, that Atlantic City show, or, you know, some of the SPAC shows that I've been to, or, you know, there's there's a handful of shows that everything else kind of gets measured up to, and it, so much of it to me has to do with just not knowing what's going to happen. Doesn't happen a lot, but when it does, uh, it's really really impactful. I yeah, so- am biting my tongue. Because you both, the two of you, want to be surprised and you don't want to be able to predict it, but you are like expert predictors. <laughs> like, I can't, I don't predict shit at shows. I don't know what's coming, but like you guys do. Like, I think it's just interesting. That's we a lot want of to pressure. Be proven, we want to be proven wrong. You know, we yeah. want to, we want to be like, oh yeah, this is like, if you go back to the, un- the unpredictability, yeah. <laughs> if you go back to the unpredictability thing. You know, to uh, I think we touched on this when we were recapping previous shows of ours. You guys, Jeanette and Sean, were both in Homedale and you saw the small red guitar on stage, the Griffin, and you both said, Oh, it's got to be Squirm. It's the opener, right? It's right. got to be Squirm. And Sean right. even said, Even through the first verse, he wasn't convinced that it was Shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> right. True, which that's is, all accurate. Uh, yeah. Which right. is, which is uh, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. It's funny. One of the things I wanted to add to Sean's point was, when I was in Jacksonville and the band played two-step totally mid-set, totally mid-set, mm. like, you know, song like 12 or something. I had to like, I checked my watch. I was like, are we ending early? Like what's going on? And then when they played the next song, one of my good friends who was zealous watching at home texted me 
and said, mid-set two-step is where I want to live. Like mm, that's yes. what it, that's well what it's said. all about. And like, yes. that's, you know, that's yep. like, that's it. Like I in terms of it. unpredictability, yep. you're like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's do that. That's yeah. Yeah. Right. Like at Camden, he picked up this 12 string and I automatically was like, oh, it's going to be gray street, you know? And then they played Raven. And so it's like, Ugh. it's moments like that, that you're yeah. like, oh yeah. Like you, you think you can predict it based on what Katari picks up or what horn, you know, Jeff's holding or, or whatever. But when you're wrong, it's so much better. I oh, would yeah. so much rather be that person that was wrong than me. Right. You know, <laughs> I really, I want to be surprised. Yeah. I do. It's such a strange thing because there's so many songs that can open a show, for example, that collectively we have seen open a number of shows. I, I don't, I wouldn't even know how to, uh, how large the number would be if we calculated how many one sweet world openers we've seen or how many, you know, PNP Rapunzel openers we've seen. I mean, some of these things are so common. There's a point for me when I'm at a show and, you know, Seek Up opens a show or One Sweet World opens a show, it kind of sets the table in a way of, at least in my mind, and, and this isn't always the case, obviously, but at least in my mind, I, I then kind of feel like, okay, I'm going to be able to predict what's going to happen from here on out. Sometimes I'm right about that. Sometimes I'm not right about that. But so much of, of how you open a show, I think kind of plays into what my mindset is going to be like for the rest of the night. Right. I've been intentionally quiet because this is a fascinating topic. We would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Well, you know, I get a little defensive because set lists and people complaining about set lists and being hard on Dave is like a thing in this fan right. base. Like whatever Dave wants to play, let him play. Yeah, right? I get it. I don't love a set list complainer either. I get what you're, I totally get what you're yeah. saying. I don't think that's necessarily what well, we're doing here. Right. Not, I, think, I just want to make, yeah, you are not. No. Right. But I, feel I've been known like to complain I, once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I just don't have any input on this, but you've inspired me by listening to you. And I do think that the, you know, that song placement, Song placement is, is, you know, in terms of like talking like mid set two step, like, you know, yeah. you go to a show and, and, and something like that happens, you know, you can take one thing that I used to love that they, that they used to do, which they haven't done in a long time. And maybe we'll get it on a Friday night is an ants opener, you know, like, mm. let's go. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. that, like, or like, what was the Mohegan Line our graves. Yeah, we saw Line Our Graves close night too. And then the yeah. yeah. That, that placement right. of that was like, yeah. It wasn't it was like, I'll back you up. I back into you up. Line our graves. Yeah. That's yeah. that's that was, what I want. That's what yeah. I want, you know. Yeah. The mid-set seek up. Yes. Like, I was just thinking that. Like yeah. at back when he when they did the mid-set seek up, I remember thinking, man, I really love a mid-set seek up all of a sudden. Like well, never occurred to me right. that like, but I loved it being placed right in the middle like that, you know. So that's my takeaway from this song placement. Song placement is everything. Song placement is everything. Song placement is everything. (laughs) I'm thinking about how no one likes Shake Me Like a Monkey in the Encore as the last song. But I just think if Dave wants us to hear that before we leave, (laughs) I'm going to dance to it because he decided that. I'm never going to walk to my car. You can dance to it. I'm not going to do that. I will never do that. I will dance to shake me like a monkey. Right. I will dance if Dave wants me to. I might do it a little reluctantly, though. (laughs) (laughs) I might have a face while I dance. (laughs) My arms might be crossed. (laughs) I 
I think this is a great point because so much of us, so many of us mention song placement, right? And I think Shake Me is a really good example that when it's not closing an encore, I think you're, you're going to get a, a yeah. much larger population of the fan base that's okay with that. Right. It's when no. you have a night where you maybe have developed expectations and then all of a sudden that's the last taste Aww. that's in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know where I think Shake Me Like a Monkey would be perfect as right. an opener. Mm-hmm. It yes. opens an album. If sure it opened does. a show, yeah. I think it would be, that's a great placement for that song. Great energy. Mm-hmm. It's a hot song. <laughs> I like not, it. Not they, they played it. They played it, it early in a set. One of these shows, I remember, and I was like, "That's cool." They and did it at Jones. It was like the second mid- or third. Yeah, they did it mid set Jones Beach, yeah. and I was very, very close to Dave Matthews, Mr. Wow. Dave Matthews, Most, at that show. Oh. So I was definitely like, "Yeah, I all of a sudden like monkey." Here I am. <laughs> and <laughs> another put things into perspective. Shake Me has been played two hundred seventy-five times. It has closed 22 shows. It has been in the encore in some capacity 43 times. And to Jeanette's point, 275 performances, only 14 times has it ever opened a show. Wow. Interesting. Well, someone tell them, bump it up (laughs) to the opener. You're the one making all the eye contact. You let them know. (laughs) (laughs) One other uh, thing that I wanted to mention in terms of set list building is and I, I in the moment I'm often reluctant to to think about this, but any of those songs like after you get like a run of some of you know a, a great run, let's say like a three or four song great run, and then there's something that they play all the time, you know, like one of those anchor songs for this tour, like something like a Come On Come On or a Sledgehammer or something like that before the you know before the sort of final part of the show happens, you do need some you do need some like downtime built into some of these things you know whether you need to like sure. whether you need to like go to the bathroom or like grab a drink or just like take a breath or no. whatever you right. know like i think that it's a, oftentimes that is overlooked as well you know where mm-hmm. maybe those songs are put in there for a reason you know that oh this yeah. is a great you know this is a right. great run like a diehard is going to love this run and then play sledgehammer and you know, you can go pee. Well, I'm not going to that. <laughs> no, listen, nope, no, never happened. First but, of all, yeah, I, I, yeah. Aren't those shows great though? That when you, there are no songs to go to the bathroom to like, yes. I mean, that's, that's always, I love I that. I have, you know, strategically planned and I don't go to the bathroom. During those <laughs> I, I, I hardly do either. No, to be honest, but yeah. I mean, maybe I did. It's it's nice to have the option if you need it, though. Sure. I did go to the bathroom during Bayou. I'm not going to lie. Yes. I I will always go to the bathroom during Bayou. (laughs) Um, But I remember in Camden, I got yelled at because I went to the bathroom during 41. Oh, you guys yelled at you both yelled at me. Did I? I said there will be no line. I will be back in three minutes. And I was Uh, good. The song wasn't even over. It's a good it's a Good. That's strategy. Yeah. And 41's, no a, 41's yep. asleep right now anyways. So we'll hashtag wake up 41. Oh. Hashtag oh. Wake up. <laughs> so we would love, we've, we've shared our thoughts on what makes a great set list, but we would like to hear what you think. Uh, so l- we will have a post up uh, on our social media accounts where we would love to engage with everybody. We've, we've done this a couple weeks in a row now. And we've had some really fantastic conversations and feedback, and and we'd like to keep that rolling. So if you're not already following the pod that Jane likes, then go ahead and uh, and give us a follow. 
look out for the set list posts that we're going to have up alongside of this episode coming out. And we would love to hear what you think. What makes a great set list for you? What set lists have you seen that you walked away really wowed? We, we love having examples. So yeah, so look us up at the pod that Jane likes. We would love to hear what you have to say about what makes a great set list. For our final segment today, we wanted to talk about what's next. The band is in the beginning stages of about a month-long break. We will have plenty of things to talk about here in the coming weeks, but we wanted to take the opportunity to talk about where things are at as the band is breaking, what's coming up in the future, and all of that and some more we're going to discuss in our final segment, which we call Where Are You Going? So in our third and final segment, our Where Are You Going segment, we wanted to talk about what is happening with the band present day. The band is, they have about a month long break until they hit the road again, but that we're we're not short on things that are happening. Earlier this week, the band began putting tickets on sale for Dave and Tim in Mexico. We have a few shows that are going to be coming up. First, a makeup show. Uh, or two shows, that is, in West Palm Beach, Florida, before the band heads out west. So there's plenty of things that are happening now and happening in the very near future. So we wanted just to take a minute to kind of get everyone's thoughts on what are you most excited for in the next couple of weeks of the Dave Matthews Band. Trisha, do you want to uh, give us your thoughts first? Yeah, sure. Well, today was a Mexico frenzy, right? <laughs> Everyone's got Mexico fever. I think tickets went on sale and just like not as crazy as when it is full band tour ticket day, but it was still. Yeah, it's still pretty nuts. I think, you know, the DMB community is is the buzz today. It it was a buzz. Yes, that's the most current news. (laughs) There's a buzz. (laughs) Dave and Tim buzz and a couple of us are going Mm-hmm. Booked, so congrats. Few on of us, few of, a of us, few of us, a few of us, not a couple, a few, a few, yeah. fourths of the pod, going. three quarters of the pod. We're gonna try to yeah. put Sean in it's a suitcase, big deal. uh, not, and yeah. bring him down there. It might us. be four, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, but we also, excited for that for sure. Yeah, we, we've definitely got some Dave and Tim fever, I think, here. Mm-hmm. You know, not only Mexico, we've got the you know, after the after the band finishes up the uh, the summer tour. We've got Dave and Tim a couple of, at a couple of festival shows. We also got a Farm Aid uh, announcement. Oh, yeah. I think that was also yep. today. Yep. Of course, the, they waited to finish the show in Raleigh before they announced that, the, that Dave and Tim would be back in Raleigh. So, uh, so that's uh, that's upcoming as well. And you know, it's inter- it's always interesting when you know when you have a few Dave and Tim shows in a row. You know, you sometimes have some exploration. I think you know, as as we talked about last time. At CMAC, it was the first time that Dave and Tim had played together in about five months. And, you know, it was sort of your cookie cutter Dave and Tim set. But, you know, maybe with these shows coming up all in a row, you know, we might see some some new stuff and or, you know, some some stuff that we've seen from Dave and Tim before. But that wasn't like the CMAC set. So, you know, so that's exciting as well. I'm really excited about the um, next leg of the tour because West Coast, that means the gorge is coming. 
I think I am the only member of the pod going to the gorge, but you know, it won't be long till one of you adds. <laughs> the FOMO um, is, I'm afraid of it. I'm afraid yes. of it. Be it's going to come out because it's real. real. Yeah. And I am very excited this year specifically because yes, returning last year was amazing, but you know, we got alternate format and which was an experience and it was very special, but I'm excited to see that full band back on that specific stage for three nights. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's really not as far away as I think. So that's true. Yeah. And, And the way that this tour is going, like we talked about earlier in this episode, a three night stand is really we could see some really interesting things pop out, you know, who knows what that means, but you know, the way that things have been fresh and, you know, weeknight shows have been really good. And, you know, I I think that, you know, there's, there's definitely potential for, I mean, the weekend, I've I've never been, but from what I've heard, the weekend is always great. And I think that there's uh, potential for it to be awesome, especially making up for last year. Um, Absolutely. And one, one thing I think we could talk about too, which is, uh, which is really interesting. And Jeanette, you can give us, and, and Trisha, I guess, too, a little bit of a, a breakdown of this. But the Gorge, and I guess Alpine to an extent, but the Gorge is one of the only places now that you can go to see an opener for the band. Yeah, and, that's very true. Uh, I, I, over the years, have discovered some awesome music from bands that have opened for DMB. Me I think too. If you, you know, if you looked at my iPod from 10 years ago, when, when there were always openers, a ton of bands that I, that I really got into because of that. So what's that like, you know, at, at a venue like the gorge? Cause I haven't, I haven't seen an opener for DMB since I can't even tell you what. I never see the opener <laughs> and I've been yelled at by Matt for it a number of times. Uh, it, I, ne- yeah. I can't make it for the opener. It depends it makes for a very long night, long day. <laughs> yes. And it depends on, it depends on who it is. It depends on, you know, because, but at the gorge, there's usually two. So music starts at five kind of hard to get inside by five especially I mean. if you're a tailgater which i am so that's a little hard but um i do there's something special about seeing any band on that stage so i will try to go in for at least the second one and if, but if it's somebody that i adore like last year it was made of staples like i'm obviously going in early for that yeah. you know there's definitely times when no it's an opener of a band that i also love probably because they've opened for Dave in the past and I discovered them that way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, that is special at the gorge that they still do that. I'm, I'm very glad that they still do that. Yeah. And Maybe I think- if Dave was opening for Dave, <laughs> I would go for it. Oh boy. Come on. I think one of the things that's interesting about this last leg of the tour is because there is this lengthy break in front of this, I can't help but to wonder what does that mean for new tour debuts for this last leg at some point with with it being a month-long break it's probably a very safe assumption to make that the band will get together and they will get back to doing some rehearsing and you know when that happens uh that that's kind of the perfect environment to try out something new to dig something up that hasn't seen the light of day in a little while so that's kind of the the thing that i always focus on after after a lengthy break, like the one that we are uh, at the beginning stages of now, just kind of seeing what that does to the set lists and the potential for new songs that we haven't heard during the first uh, 33 shows of the tour, you know, where, where does that kind of take us? And do you guys think we're going to get an, I mean, what the, the big elephant in the room is when is this album going to get announced? Right. And, you know, anytime the band is in a major city, 
you always have to think that it's a possibility. So, you know, there's Hollywood Bowl on mm-hmm. the uh, on the list. So, you know, is the announcement around then? <laughs> I would love for them to just do like a surprise Taylor Swift esque drop, you know, at midnight and just say, "Here's our music." You know, we know that you're that would be amazing. Yeah, you know, wouldn't yeah, that be amazing? But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. No, but, they would never do that. Uh, you know, that's something that we'll, we'll definitely want to be on the lookout for. You know, do we get before the band resumes in West Palm? over the next four weeks, three to four weeks, do we get right. any sort of major announcement, whether it's an album, you know, we just got the Mexico announcement. Right. Uh, fall tour, any sort of big I can't handle an album and fall tour announcement. I'm a little oh, crazy. That's gonna, so exciting. Yeah. They kind of go hand in hand though. They do. I, yeah, that's do. so exciting. Yeah. They go, it goes hand in hand with Hollywood Bowl too. So I, you know, I feel like it's going to be, I would think it would probably come out around the time they're at Hollywood Bowl, but mm-hmm. I would feel we need an announcement soon then. It feels like it, it continues to be more and more inevitable. We talked about it in the last episode, but the fact that Dave specifically is publicly talking about the new album, I think the quote that he used was something along the lines of, it's kind of in the bag, ready to go. It's just not on the shelf and available yet. People who follow the band you know, have all of these little tidbits and reasons that, that they know that a new album is close but I feel like when the band members start talking about it, it's it's really right around the corner. Mm, yeah, it's absolutely. so exciting. So that about wraps up uh, this episode of The Pod That Jane Likes. Uh, we appreciate you guys for, for tuning in and for interacting with us and, and kind of providing us with constant feedback at this brand new podcasting thing. It's, it's kind of a, a brand new endeavor for all of us, but uh, we're having a great time and we hope that you guys are, are enjoying being along for the ride with us. We do have some exciting things coming up in the future. We have a giveaway that we're kind of in the early stages of putting together, one that we're pretty excited about actually. And we will have more information on that in the coming weeks, but definitely something to stay tuned for. And in the meantime, why don't everybody go ahead and, and give all of uh, all of the people on the pod a follow. The, everyone kind of puts out great content, regardless of whether the band's performing or not. It's just kind of a constant stream of content. Jeanette, where can everybody find you online? You can follow me at Jenny DMB. Matt? At DV Matthews BND. Trisha? Trish DMB 23. And you can follow me at Barletta 24. And of course, follow the pod at the pod that Jane likes. And stay tuned. We, we have a, a whole lot of stuff that we're excited to bring you guys and to share with everyone. Uh, so stay tuned and we will see you next time on the pod that Jane likes. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone. Yeah.